In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. It's Paul Brown on the Paul Brown Podcast. I'm here with Jack Duffin. Jack, how are you? I'm good. We're a little bit later today, so... Um... That's all good. We're aiming for 10 on Saturdays and Sundays, guys, but you just never know what's going to happen when uh, me and Paul get together. I've got a guest coming at some part during the podcast. So when Jack's waffling on about something, I'm going to run to the door and let that person in. So see if you can work out when that person actually came in the podcast. Anyway, Jack, Saturday morning, how is everything? It's good. Um Quiet, a quiet one for me. Um, starting a new job on Monday, got uh, off to the football um, tomorrow. Uh, it's not tomorrow, today. So um, exciting times. Cannot wait to kick it off. How about you? Yeah, so just to be clear to everyone who's listening, Jack is not officially joining the Paul Brown podcast. I'm not paying him, unlike rumours that have gone around the internet today. So uh, it's not true. Jack is going to go and work in a sales business. Nothing to do with anything me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay Jack so uh, do you want to tell us what's been going on so I'm just going to go through some new signings um, I'm going to go for the big one that excited me the most um, I say big one people are going to be disappointed when I say it um, it's Philip Gaines is coming back um, so PFF's 54th rated corner last year um, was at the Browns um, first game he played I absolutely casted him off on this podcast so you can go back and listen but after that he did improve a lot um, played over 200 snaps, one-year deal. I'm happy with that. Um, we'll talk more where he slots in in roster depth when we do our defensive roster review later in the show. All right, listeners, all you regulars, what episode do you think Jack did slag off uh, Phil Gaines? And, uh, mate, I also noticed that uh, BBC's uh, got a club, which is good news. Yeah, we decided not to um, tender him, which means there's no chance of comp picks back. But to be fair, we've been active in free agency, so no chance of comp picks this year anyway. Um, so I'll do two more on the O-line. You've got Lamb, who's going to be our sort of swing tackle. Um, he's a two-year, 4.5 million over them two years. And there's a low cut if we get someone in the draft and want to move him on. Uh, Brendan Leister tweeted out that he was better in pass protection than all three of the Browns' offensive tackles last year, which uh, isn't a high bar because they weren't particularly great, but um, is one to keep an eye on. Um, and Kush, um, which we spoke about yesterday, um, two years, 3.75 million. He's got a low cut as well. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it, but John Costco tweeted out three hurries and 218 pass snaps. So these are solid um, backup pieces for the um, offensive line. We were really, really lucky last year as Browns fans that there was no real injuries. Tretter obviously was injured, but kept going like an absolute trooper but um you've got to be prepared for those players to go down and the Harris deals out that it's basically two and a half million this year and then we've got an option next year do we pay him 3.5 million or do we cut him for 1 million so um no he's here and um that's a, a done deal there yeah good and uh Baker Mayfield has come out talking about OBJ 
I haven't seen it. Go on, hit me. Oh, this is a script I've got to read. This is Baker Mayfield. I'm not going to do his accent because I do it really bad. Um, but yeah, basically he's uh, uh, come out and basically said um, uh, Baker has his teammates back and that it fits in with the Browns. So that's on uh, Odell Beckham. So he's basically saying that uh, he's got uh, Beckham's back and all the teammates have got his Beckham's back and we're expecting uh, not to tame him and he's going to be ready for next season. Oh yeah, I, for me, I, I think I've said it on here, but I'll, I'll repeat again. I've got no concerns about um, Beckham's attitude. Um, if we start losing, if Baker goes injured and they have a down point or something, yeah, he's, he's going to be an issue. But quite frankly, these guys want to win. And if we're not winning, they're not happy. So that's not a bad thing. Um, obviously, yeah, if Baker goes down and we don't have a backup and we have a wobbly season, um, then I would expect them to be a bit more mature than they might have been in the past. But uh, I, I have no no real concerns. Winning creates a positive attitude. You hear all this nonsense about those particular individuals in the team. That's absolute rubbish. It's winning, winning, winning is the only thing that matters to these guys. They are like animals in the pursuit of wins. Here we go, Jack. Here's a real tough question for you. Do you think if we didn't have Landry, uh, Beckham wouldn't have come? Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I don't think there's anything to do. There was like three or four different teams he was looking at. Um, he, he said it was nice that um, Landry was here, but quite frankly, if Baker Mayfield's not here, then w- he isn't even considering coming to the Cleveland Browns. He's here to try to win a ring um, and he's here to get paid. And the fact is we can pay him because of Sasha Brown's cap rollover. We've got the resources to trade for him. And Browns fans need to remember that if... Sashi hadn't jumped on a grenade. AJ McCarron would be our quarterback at the moment. There would be no Baker Mayfield in Berea. There'd be no Baker Mayfield at the Cleveland Browns. Would have spent a second. Um, he could have. He could have been though, because uh, AJ could have tanked, and we still have picked up Baker Mayfield. You're not spending a second and a third, probably extending a quarterback like AJ McCarron, and then drafting one number one. Organizations just don't do stuff like that. So. Uh, I reckon, I reckon AJ would have been cut, though, to be honest. Hugh Jackson isn't trading a second and a third and then cutting someone. That that would be nuts. That would be like going, if Odell Beckham Jr. has a bad season, we're going to cut him this year. It's not, it's not even realistic. If that investment is made in a player, they're here for over a year. So um, that's the facts, guys. And people don't like it when you tell them the only reason... Baker Mayfield is even at the Browns is because Sashi sabotaged that trade. So thank you, Sashi. Um, but the, the thing to note is Sashi Brown was the right GM for a rebuild. If you want to go out and blow the cap and build a team in the quickest, shortest possible time, Dorsey's probably your guy. The trouble is we're going to need Howie Roseman as the next GM within two years because Dorsey was sacked from his last job for blowing the cap. That's what he's doing now. And get Howie Roseman on the phone, bring him in for the 2021 offseason, and uh, we'll have the right GM for the rebuild, the right GM for the uh, going crazy and going all in, and then we'll have the right GM for keeping your team salary cap compliant because Howie is doing a fantastic job at the Eagles. Right, so back to the Landry point. What percentage do you think was in Beckham's head that, that Landry was here that made him swing to come to the Browns? And I want a number. Five, if that. No, it's going to be more like 20, 30%. 
not at all. Um, if we can't, if we don't have the extra picks to trade for Odell Beckham Jr., it's not even happening. Um, and you got to remember the Giants went round and shopped him. So Odell Beckham Jr. could have vetoed the trade, but there was no option for Odell Beckham. He didn't have a list. It's not like free agency where you have a list of um, three or four offers of who you sign for. Odell Beckham was told, do you want to stay at the Giants or do you want to go to the Cleveland Browns? It was really as simple as that. Um, and obviously he's going to choose the Browns over the Giants because the Giants is an absolute state. So um, it's, if people don't seem to understand it wasn't free agency. This was a trade. Um, and when it's a trade, you have a choice. Obviously, players can basically veto trades, um, but he wasn't keen to ever stay with the Giants. And quite rightly, Dave Gettleman is the worst GM in all of sports. And I think possibly the worst GM we've ever seen. All right, excellent. And what else on the list today to talk about? So I just want to have one mention of a player that wouldn't surprise me if he's on the Cleveland Browns within the next year. And that's Tyreek Hill. While that might sound like a positive, Tyreek Hill's been accused of some pretty horrendous things um, overnight. So um, go have a look at them. I'm not going to go into them. But obviously in his past, you've got strangling pregnant women. You've got all sorts of stuff. Um, That is the sort of characters that Dorsey likes to pick up in the draft. So um, Hunt was that move um, after... uh, free agency and people were criticizing him at the combine for doing that so early. Um, so Tyreek Hill, keep an eye on it guys. If he is a wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns next season, I wouldn't be surprised. I, it's a tough one. This is, I don't think Dorsey is going to pump any more troubled people into that dressing room. I know he's got a reputation of doing it. I think he's taken enough gambles and I don't think, he'll be linked to the Browns. Okay, he will be linked, but I don't think he's going to come. He hasn't even been released by the Chiefs yet. It's just one to keep an eye on, guys. Um, I I prefer building a team where you don't have to rely on people that have been... There's rape stuff around them. There's um, sexual assault. There's um, violence against women. Those are players I don't want on my team. Um, We can agree to disagree. I know there's some people out there that have contacted me and said, it's all about winning. It doesn't bother me. That's cold, (laughs) in my opinion, but... Everyone's entitled to their own view. Um, you just, uh, I'm not a fan of the way it gets done, but we're not going to um, drown on that and focus there. We've got lots of uh, positive stuff to talk about. Yeah, if you do hate Jack's comments, please don't be scared to uh, give him some abuse on Twitter and uh, send me a DM and say how crazy Jack is. I love them tweets. It really makes my day. Yeah, there's, there's some nuts stuff. Some people have uh, been abusing me on Twitter for um, pointing out that... <laughs> John Dorsey spending a lot of salary cap. But how could you say that? And I went, well, I just looked at all the numbers of what's been spent this year. And that, that's the facts. And it was like, why would you say that about your own team? And it's like, I'm not, I'm not that's just the facts. People seem to have a strong dislike of facts. Guys, they're facts. If I present a list of facts, you might disagree with the conclusion I came afterwards with, but do not argue with facts. Money is getting spent. That is life. So um, we'll do some salary cap stuff next week. Um, I've looked at some stuff. I'm starting to get a bit concerned. But um, there is still time to change this ship. So defensive roster review. We did the offense yesterday. We've obviously now... Oh, mate, we're, we're well going over time on this podcast, aren't we? No, we'll do it nice and quick because you're going to okay. go get your special guest in five minutes. I'll start chatting and then you'll come back. They may be in the building, mate. They may be in the building. So um, 
basically we're not looking at sort of quality of different positions we're just basically searching for holes on the roster and potentially things that can happen um so average teams across the last three years have nine players on the d line when they play a four three um i've looked at all the rosters all 32 rosters week one the last three years and that's the number they come up with so we'll start with d end first i'm looking at around five defensive ends is what you're expecting on the roster we are loaded, and I mean insanely loaded. Miles Garrett, Vernon, Ogba, Smith, Zettel, Chad Thomas is still there. I don't know how. Avery is probably going to go under the lineback numbers, but he's in the pass rush rotation on D end. So Ogba sounds like he's getting traded, whether that will be now, whether that will be um, later in the um, off season, I'm not sure. But if you're looking at, say, Miles Vernon as starters, Smith, Zettel, um, Avery drops into that rotation. Um, he might keep Chad Thomas on. I, I don't think he will. But um, yeah, if we add one, we're talking fifth, sixth, seventh round. It's not a priority at all. With Chad Thomas, we've got to understand Dorsey may be playing the long game with him. He's a third round pick. He's, a third round pick is a big investment that you would expect to be in the rotation in year one. Well, I'm not expecting him to be starter, but the fact is he's played so few snaps on defense that it is scary. Um, and it, it's, it, it's widely accepted as a uh, busted pick. And I'll be surprised if he makes the, uh, he'll make the 90, but I don't think he'll make the. Uh, and, and let's be honest, uh, every GM gets seven, 10 picks a year, depending on uh, what they're left with. And, if you get Avery in the fifth and Chad Thomas doesn't work in the third, I'd have taken. If we got uh, Avery as a third, I'd have been happy with it. So there is balance to this. Would you agree with that, Jack, or not? There's balance, but at the same time, everyone I looked at, I openly criticised the pick when it was made. It, it made zero sense. Um, and it was enough. They signed him as an athlete, right? Yeah, they signed him because he's an athlete but can't play football. Um, so he's played... Do you want to have a guess how many snaps he played on defence last season? As not special team. Not special teams. As um, as a percentage or as... Um, a number. A nice number. Um, yeah, he's played no snaps on special teams anyway. Okay, so defence, I'm going to go with he played 40 snaps. He played 22 well, that's close. And let's just look at Avery. Um, Avery played 684. Chad Thomas played well, less than 2% of the snaps. He was inactive on many game days. It's, it's a pick that shouldn't have been made. Um, there was other options available on the board that were much better and could have been really, really productive. But these things happen. Um, hopefully he learns from it and looks... I'm, I'm not up for completely trait scouting, completely analytics scouting you need a mix of all of them but there was enough evidence on the table that this is a guy that people were saying we're not even going to draft him because he'd rather be a musician than play football that's not good all right cool so let's flip inside you're looking at two one techs two three techs and just to explain for anyone that doesn't know it's where you line up on the um defensive line so if you just google defensive line um, techniques or um, yeah that'll come up and basically you're just um, shading the uh, center as a one tech and then you're shading the outside of a 
guard off the top of my head on a uh, three tech. Um, so your one tech is going to be much bigger. Uh, you're going to get less penetration off them, um, but you want some. So um, Larry Ogunjobi is solid. Um, you don't want him there on third, third down um, pass plays, but you don't, don't really want a one tech on there for any of them. Um, the trouble is there is nothing behind him. We need to get some uh, add some piece of talent there. And um, three tech, you've got Richardson as a starter, um, but nothing behind them. So I'd expect that one to get addressed in the draft um, somewhere between round two to five. All right, educate me quickly. So who is one tech and who's three tech out of and TTs? Larry's one, Richardson's three. Your three is much more of a pass rusher. So your three is there to get after the quarterback. Um, your one is more there to soak up as many blocks and try to get some penetration, but you're not going to get loads. Okay, cool. And if it was passing or running, would you change your DTs or does it? Use... So if it's, um, if it's a run play, you want your Larry's in there because you, you're trying to drive them back and sort of chew up as much space as possible. If it's a pass play, you don't really need Larry Ogunjobi in there in all honesty. If it's an obvious pass play, because obviously if it's first and 10, it could go either way. I'm talking, let's say third and seven. Third and seven is a nice number. What you would do is you move Richardson to the one tech. Um, you then move Miles Garrett inside to the three tech. And you saw um, Miles' first ever sacks came inside when he was at the uh, three tech. You then put Vernon on the outside. And then you probably drop in Avery because Avery is a very, very talented um, pass rusher. He's just not particularly great when it comes to coverage, but um, we'll press on to that next. So next up is the linebacker room. Um, you, average team in the NFL carries six linebackers. So the sort of six linebackers the Browns are looking at, if I'm looking at the starting three, you've got Schobert, Kirksey, and then one more. Um, John Dorsey's spoken about potentially um, using Avery there. Personally, I'm not a fan. I think he is a very, very talented pass rusher and so should be used as a um, defensive end or edge rusher. Quite frankly, you hear all this talk about is he an edge rusher? Is he a defensive end? Is he an outside linebacker um, in a 3-4? It's all nonsense, guys. They're edge defenders. Um, so... Should Avery play that much in linebacker? I want my linebackers to be really good in coverage. Personally, I'll play less, but um, we'll see how Wilkes plays it. Um, so I think they're going to add a linebacker in the draft that will potentially start. Um, and then Taylor has come in. I think he's sort of our uh, fifth linebacker, um, mainly a special teams person. And then that sixth linebacker spot, it's open forever once it. Ray Ray Armstrong's going to have a shot. Um, whoever's really good in special teams in camp, they're going to win the game. What round do you think we're going to take a linebacker? Um, I would, my guess would be anywhere between three to five. But listening to some people, there's not that much love for the linebackers in the draft. Maybe we take a, a safety that comes down into the box and plays linebacker, um, like Peppers did. Um, well, Peppers could. Peppers didn't do that because he wasn't used that way. Um, so... It'll be interesting to keep an eye on, but Shaq Thompson, I believe it was off the top of my head, Carolina, he um, was a safety that converted to linebacker for Wilkes' defence. 
So just to be clear, if you say there's not very much depth to the uh, lineback position, does that mean that uh, linebackers will be rare and go be picked a lot more sooner, you think? Um, there's two that will potentially go in the first round, but all the evidence says first-round linebackers is not a good investment. Um, so as people probably come to me, oh, what about this one example? Guys, sixth-round quarterbacks are not a good investment. Tom Brady was found in the sixth round. Doesn't mean it's a place you should go shopping for uh, quarterbacks. So um, I I think we'll, we'll address it somewhere, probably, I would guess, that one of the uh, fifth-round picks. Um, it might happen earlier if they find someone in the third or fourth. But for me, I, I've moved to more two linebacker sets. I think we're going to see a lot more um, slot cornerbacks. Um, we'll go that way. Cool. And cornerbacks? So cornerbacks, you keep 10 DBs on average. So you're looking at sort of six cornerbacks. I would say um, my lineup would be Ward, and then we need we could do with someone opposite him. Third um, outside cornerback, Mitchell, then Gaines. And then at the moment, I've sort of got Tavares Thomas penciled in, um, mainly for his special teams as the fifth outside corner. Um, in all honesty, that's going to be a camp battle. If they find a cornerback that can play a little bit better at corner and do the same special teams work, then they're probably going to be in. And TJ Carey is then the slot. Okay, great. And people people have been arguing me on that one. Oh, why do you hate Mitchell? No, I th- I think we need to get better at the cornerback position. He's, the the two aren't mutually exclusive. He's a fantastic talent. Yeah, he's a he's a lesson of the show. I know that for a fact. Yeah, and it's just um. So, Mitch, if you're listening, we we love you. Okay. It, when when I'm saying we need to upgrade positions, it's no slight on who's there. You need four to five quality starting potential cornerbacks if you don't have that you ain't probably winning a Super Bowl and this isn't about let's have two great starters and the depth doesn't matter players are going to get injured and you often get some cornerbacks will just go off the boil so particular matchups maybe on size and speed you have to rotate them for different games um, that's no slight on an individual you just got to mix it up and we saw Denzel Ward wasn't matched up against a Julio Jones, they use carry there. That sort of stuff works really well. So that's no Denzel Ward's a bad pick because we needed to use TJ Carry. You've got to be flexible and good defensive coordinators will do that. Safety. Um, starting free safety is Demarius Randall. There's a space now behind that. You've got Whitehead. I just, I don't see it. Um, strong safety. There's a starting job up for grabs. Um, I, th- I, Pretty sure from everything I've heard from the likes of Lane Atkins, Jared Mueller, they're working on something there. Um, will it be Eric Berry? Personally, I'd rather not. Um, but uh, there's other options out there. If it was Madden and I could turn injuries off, I'm taking him all day long. But uh, real life isn't like that. And Kindred's the backup. Um, wouldn't surprise me if they can find someone in the draft um, and they move Kindred on because he's over two million now due to a proven performance escalator. So he's Salary this year has gone through the roof. Um, and then special teams. You've got Colquitt as punter. Charlie Hewlett, um, your favourite player, as long snapper. And then uh, there's a space for kicker. Will it be um, Stephen Goskowski? I would prefer not. Um, if New England Patriots are willing to let a kicker go, they obviously think he's done. 
Um, stack them high, stack them cheap, and don't give them much guarantees. Cool. Um, do, you, do you see us uh, taking a uh, kicker in the uh, draft? I hope not. But in all honesty, if you're going to use a seventh-round pick on a kicker, I'm not going to get upset. I just think you may as well just stack them in uh, UDFAs. All right, great. Well, look, guys, um, I hope you enjoyed that. We've, we've said quite a lot of uh, views and opinions on our show, so don't be scared to uh, disagree with it on Twitter. Leave some comments. As always, send the abuse to Jack and be nice to me. That'd be amazing. And so just to do a quick wrap-up of where sort of the, the three priorities um I'm just working on the basis this safety is getting added. I don't know who it is. Considering there was talks pre-Berry um, getting released, I think it might be someone else. Um, it could be too high safety and we get Trey Boston. But um, I would say if the three places at the moment, if I was looking at draft priorities, it's three tech, it's starting linebacker, and it's outside corner. So uh, keep an eye on them, guys. Day two of the draft, that might be a spot. But I've got an article dropping today. And uh, I've basically looked at, um, since 2011, teams who've traded up from, say, the second round to get back into the end of the first round or anywhere in the first round. And uh, what's that costed and some predictions for uh, deals we might potentially do with certain teams um, to see if we get in there. So uh, make sure you check out my Twitter later today. I'm not sure when Jack's putting it up, but uh, I guess it'd be some point later today. But... uh, I found some interesting stuff that I hadn't um, considered and uh, I just go looking for interesting things and when I find something interesting, I'll let you chaps know. Excellent. And Jack, here's, here's my uh, Twitter question of the day. What position do you think the Browns are going to take with their first pick? If I had to guess, I'm going cornerback. Okay. I need another three for my question. Uh, I'll go cornerback. I'll go offensive. OT. OT. Safety. Um, I, yeah, safety could be. And I would look at going three tech or just put defensive tackle. DT. No wide receiver with our first, second round, no? No, I just can't see it. Might not even be second round, mate. Mate, you're hinting this, mate. Is this going to be your big trend? You're going to be celebrating with a pint because you called it first that we're going to trade up into the first round. I would hate it if we trade up into the first round. I can't wait for it to happen, Jack. Uh, what about a tight end? No, I don't, I don't think it'll happen. I think we're going... Um, I think we'll see a lot more 11 personnel from the Browns this season. So I don't think tight end is going to be a priority in the draft. I think we might grab someone late on. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be uh, sitting on your sofa waiting for a uh, top tight end. All right, cool. So my question today is going to be, what position do you think the Browns are going to take first? A cornerback, a tackle, a defensive tackle, or a safety? Good stuff. Make sure you go over to Paul's Twitter vote along and um, we'll be back tomorrow and then next week we've got some guests we're going to line up and it'll be back to a more of a normal um format it's just been this week's been crazy we wanted to make sure we bring you the news as near to um drop in as possible um so we want to be fresh with this stuff and we, as as much as we can record in the uk in sort of the early hours 
our audience in America has just gone to bed. So it, it was hard to line that up to sort of bring in some big guests. Question is, Jack, were we the first podcast to announce the OBJ deal? By about 40 minutes. Okay. So there we go, guys. As a podcast goes, we're 40 minutes faster than any other podcast, and we're in London. And we believe in no excuses, no barriers, or anything to do with distance away from Cleveland. We try to be first. Welcome to the Danger Zone.